Hello, and welcome to the Make Business Matter podcast, where we help you turn purpose into profit and customers and employees into passionate fans. I'm your host, Aaron Shields, partner and director of research for the Cult Branding Company. On this episode, we'll answer the question, how are brands constructed? On the previous episode, we answered the question, what is a brand? We looked at how brands are co-authored experiences between a company and a customer. It's not just what the company says and does, but how the customer experiences it and perceives it. Brands do two things. They solve a meaningful tension, and they solve it consistently. Logos act as recall cues for the emotions and associations of the brand. How a brand is constructed is about what are the elements that contribute to the co-authored experience between a brand and a customer. This idea forms the foundation of a lot of what I'll talk about in the Make Business Matter podcast, making businesses that are both purposeful and profitable and that turn customers' employees into passionate fans. Everything relates in some way to one of these three elements of creating a brand. A brand is a living entity with three elements, vision, culture, and customer. These elements influence each other and collectively create a perception about the company. That perception is the brand. Leadership creates a vision that inspires employees whose behaviors, through direct interaction and marketing, translate your brand to your customers, who then form beliefs about the brand. Those beliefs determine how customers perceive you and interact with you. These elements influence each other and collectively create a perception about the company. That perception is the brand. It's important to go back to this co-authored idea. A brand isn't just the narrative you tell. It's also the narrative customers and employees tell about you. A customer can tell a story about a $20 shirt. It isn't just a story about a shirt. It's a story about a mom telling how she was able to dress her son for prom, how great he looked, how much he beamed, and how much pride she has in the man he's become. Or it can just as easily be a story about how his shirt fell apart, how it ruined her son's prom, how sad she was for letting him down, and how much a store she trusted let her down by failing to live up to what she believed it stood for. Purchases solve tensions, and those tensions can and should result in emotional experiences. From an employee perspective, employees can tell stories about how motivated they are by their work, or they can talk about how the company doesn't care about them and the dread they feel going to work for their condescending manager who is lazy and just doesn't get them. And they might just take that out on a customer. There's often a disconnect between what you claim and what the customer experiences. Companies saying we haven't lived up to our standards and then just offer a return as if it was the customer's fault, the product arrived damaged, or the wrong product arrived. Because what the company claims isn't what they truly believe. It's either just some set of core values that they post on a wall that doesn't accurately reflect the values that actually live inside the company. If what you do doesn't reflect what you say, then you and the customer are going to be telling two different stories and you have a broken brand. Taking the first of the three elements that contribute to the brand, the vision, you need to start with what you actually believe in and what you want, the vision. It's the vision and the way a company tries to fulfill it or falls short of fulfilling what it promises that determines the ways that customers and the employees make their contributions to the identity of the brand. A vision is what you want the company to become. It points the direction for everything you do. A strong vision gives you clarity. It lets you say, if we want to get here, this will help or this won't help. Creating a strong vision isn't easy. In a market that values short-term results, many companies waver in the face of adversity and choose to create a vision that ends up being nothing more than words on a paper. Instead of focusing on the future, these short-sighted companies focus on what they're doing now instead of where they want to be. Without focusing on what you want to become in the distant future, lasting growth and success become hard. What a company wants to become has to be driven by a purpose, something the company stands for beyond profits that will always motivate all decisions. 
This purpose should be centered on something the company firmly believes about the world. The world should be this way and not that way. In creating this central value, this purpose, it's important to note that this central value isn't only the way the world should be. It also takes into account the way the world shouldn't be. A true value needs an opposite to stand against. Without a possible negative outcome, there is no tension, and without any tension to be solved, the value is little motivating force. For example, Apple was very much about enabling creativity. In 1984, they referred to the gates of hell, referring to Microsoft and the cold corporate nature of it, and stood against that idea of this sort of this cold corporate uh, producer of machines, and instead being a company that supports and values individual creativity. Company vision is how you want to ultimately influence the world with your purpose. Anything that doesn't reinforce a dimension of this vision, anything that doesn't push the company closer to the vision, isn't a choice that will benefit the company in the long term. The vision isn't just about the company. It's also about how the company can help others to overcome the tensions in their lives that the brand stands against. The company has the secret mojo to solve the customer's tensions. Without this vision, without being able to say this is where we want to go, it's impossible to attract passionate customers and employees because your brand has no chance of making them feel that the brand makes a meaningful promise that aligns with something inside themselves. Customers should feel a meaningful tension solved, and employees will feel accomplishment in helping people achieve something meaningful to them. Now, looking at the employees and the culture element, one of the other pillars of creating a brand uh, culture is the way employees in a company behave. At the heart of a company's culture are its core values. Core values are a set of values that stem from the company's purpose, its central value, and influence daily behavior in a way that moves the company closer to its vision. Core values often fail for companies. It's become vogue to hire consultants to help create a set of core values to create an empowered culture. But after a few weeks, these core values often fall short of having the intended effect. And after months, they end up becoming little more than a poster on the wall of the office or an occasional email reminder to live the values. One of the problems is, is that many companies actually have hidden values. They're the values actually operating in the company and not the ones the company professes they want to live up to. And unless these values that are actually acting inside the company are acknowledged, you can never hope to actually make progress and move towards the values you actually want the company to embody. And a key reason to this is that values create behaviors. Values essentially are the guidelines for the ways people behave. And so the reason core values often fail is that they aren't linked to behaviors. A value is a mix of purpose and behavior. Without a strong purpose or continually reinforced behaviors, they will inevitably be effective. This is why company culture struggle. A culture is how people behave. To create a strong culture, each core value must stem from a purpose people believe, result in specific behaviors that are reinforced on a daily basis, and lead to a vision that inspires them. These behaviors must point the path from where the company is now to where they want to go. In other words, the behaviors are infused with purpose. So when a company's acting with values that don't actually reflect the values they wish to uphold, the values that work inside the company, the values that are already inherited inside the company are the ones that take over because they're the behaviors that are reinforced every day. So just creating this set of core values can be a very futile endeavor if there's not a clear path from the values that are currently existing inside the company to the values the company actually wants to embody. And these ideas, behaviors, they're not grand gestures. They're the everyday repetitions that point towards the shared goal. 
They are concrete behaviors and not some abstract ideal that most people see them as. Chances are, if your first step after creating core values is to have them made into a nice poster, you've already messed up. They must exist in the behavior of the employees before you turn them into some idol to be worshipped, but not heeded. They tell people why they're working and where they're trying to go. And these behaviors must start at the top. Cultures aren't just a way to make lower-level employees behave. They're a way to empower and motivate every person in an organization. The vision sets what type of culture can exist. The culture influences progress towards that vision. And that brings us to the third element of the brand, the customer. You can't control how a customer will respond, but you can influence customers so that the likelihood of them responding in the way you desire, in a way that is beneficial both to you and the customer, is higher. There are two main ways to influence the customer's perception, and both are filtered through the culture. First, the culture reflects the brand's personality and character. Employees in a dysfunctional culture will be more likely to treat customers poorly, and in the increasingly transparent business environment, it's easy for a customer to tell, via their experience of the culture, if the company is telling the truth about what it stands for. The culture tells customers how real the company is. Second, a vision, a vision that solves a meaningful tension in people's lives. Too often, companies, in the words of Stanley Marcus, the former president of Neiman Marcus, companies treat customers as statistics instead of people. By doing this, they treat customers as something to be sold to instead of treating them as a critical human element of the brand. If you don't understand your customers' needs, you're going to be telling a story that will never resonate the way you want it to. Culture should influence them because culture is influenced by the vision, and the vision is founded in some way that makes the customer's lives better in a meaningful way. Understanding the customer can be tricky for most organizations because the customers are the element of the brand that's furthest removed from the company. It's the hardest to get right. They often need an outside perspective, and a lot of our work with clients has been in this area deeply understanding a company's customers. For a company to understand its customers, it must understand what motivates them in the context of the tensions in their lives that a brand can solve. This is often easier for a company starting out than a company that has been in business for a while. The company starting out is more likely to be deeply connected to a purpose that attracts a certain type of customer. Over time, that focus usually becomes diluted and needs to be rediscovered, enhanced, or clarified. When all three of these elements are firing together, when there's a solid vision that influences the culture, and when the employees in the company communicate that vision to customers in a meaningful way, you get brands that both matter and are profitable. The problem is that this isn't where most brands are. Havas, a global marketing group, did a meaningful brand study and found that people wouldn't care if 77% of the brands out there disappeared. This is disturbing. For how much money is spent on branding and advertising brands, most don't matter to their customers. The problem is that too many companies still operate from the standpoint of telling people what to think instead of understanding what matters to the customers and employees. The positive flip side is that brands that put in the effort to matter will have a huge competitive advantage. Creating meaning is about matching what you think with what customers already think about some part of their lives. As Robert McKee and Thomas Grace write in Storynomics, consumers find a brand trustworthy and meaningful when two stories match the story the brand tells about itself, and the story the public tells about the brand. Companies can win by creating brands that matter. To recap, we talked about a co-authored brand, how brands are not just what the company says and does, but how the customer perceives and interprets what the company says and does. And there are three elements of the brand that contribute to the brand, the vision, the culture, and the customer.
Leadership creates a vision that inspires employees whose behaviors, through direct interaction and marketing, translate your brand to your customers. These elements influence each other and collectively create a perception about the company. That perception is the brand. As far as mattering, most don't, but you can. And it'll create a competitive advantage, but also create an environment that inspires you and your employees to go to work every day. In this episode, we looked at how brands are constructed. In the next episode, we'll look at a specific type of brand, a cult brand. We'll answer what is a cult brand and why modeling your brand after them is more important than ever. If you liked this episode, please help me out by subscribing to this podcast. And if you've already subscribed and like what you hear, please leave me a rating and a comment. Thanks for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, I'm Aaron Shields. I hope you go out there and make business matter. 